Really good. You know, September, it's, uh, it's a warm day. How many enjoyed being outside today? Yeah, nobody. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was nice out. It was like summer's ending, but it actually still felt like summer. Um, it's supposed to be like 10 degrees tonight, which kind of sucks, but today was like 26, I think it reached. So amazing. And um, how many had a really good summer? You just had a great summer. Just, yeah, just uh, didn't sound that great. Okay, thanks. But uh, I had an awesome summer, and I uh, got some opportunities to go to, um, to just different places, traveling and speaking. I'm going to tell you in a minute. But I just really sensed tonight, and if we could close those doors, guys. I know there's people out there, but that would be just awesome. Thanks so much. I, uh, I really believe tonight that Jesus wants to have an encounter with every person in this place. And um, as I was just preparing the word of what, what to speak about tonight, I just um, I want to share that. And, and I feel like I can share some words, but more than words, he wants to encounter every person. He wants to have an experience. He wants to meet with every single one that are here tonight. And I, um, we were in, I think, two, three weeks ago in Fort St. John, three weeks ago, and it was on this night, actually, in Fort St. John doing a young adult camp. And uh, Karis and the team, uh, Dave and Jan and Mark Budgel were with us. And uh, we were there at this camp, and uh, on, the, on the second night, it was Saturday night, uh, there was such a presence of God in a room um, and there was about, you know, 40 young adults, 35 young adults. And we just really sensed the presence of God. And uh, we started to just, people just start laying out on the floor and just, just pressing into God. I shared a word. I forget what I even shared on. It didn't really matter. Jesus just came into the room. And many people just said, hey, I felt like Jesus' hand just grabbed my hand. And there were people encountering the Lord where there was radical change. And, and I just got a report from the pastor up there in, in Fort St. John. He's like, people are different. They're totally different. I don't even recognize these people that are in my group anymore. Because when Jesus comes into the room, you know, we sang about it, something changes. You know, the more I walk with Jesus, the more I realize how it, easy, it is really easy to look at what other people are doing, to look to the left or right, to compare ourselves, to follow others, to see what I'm doing and they're not, or what they're doing and I'm not, and all of that stuff to, you know, kind of look in the other lane. But I believe Jesus is like, it doesn't matter. It has to be about Him. And He wants us to just stare into His eyes and follow Him and follow His gaze. That's what success is. That's what, are you faithful and obedient to the call that God has for you? Are you faithful and obedient to what He has for your life? Not anyone else's. You know, in the Olympics in 2004, I shared this story before, but I still think about it. This guy named Matt Emmons is in this um, three-position, 50-meter rifle sh- shooting event. And he's got to shoot this target. And th- they said that he had the first two targets he shot, bullseye right in the middle of this target. He's going to get gold medal in the 2004 Olympics. All he had to do was hit the next target. Anywhere on the sheet... And he would already have the gold medal. So he, he aims, he fires, but he aims on the target in the lane next to him. And he missed his target, didn't get his target at all. And he finished eighth place. And it's just such a reminder of how many times are we aiming at the wrong target. <laughs> How many times are we looking in someone else's lane and, 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 you know, resurgence, everything we do, everything this is about, it starts and ends with him, period. He is the refresher. He is the restorer. Jesus is the resurger. You can't have a resurgence without Jesus, the resurger. You can't have a renewal without Jesus, the renewer. You can't be healed. You can't be saved without Jesus. And, and I just sense tonight just to... To, to talk about that, see, we're heading into this season where we feel like God leading us to do many things. You, you, you heard all the things that we've talked about. They're exciting. They're amazing. It's a season of prayer, fasting, evangelism, community, burning, advancing. I mean, we're doing all these things. But what's the key to all this? We encounter Christ. We encounter the love of God. We encounter Christ in our praying, Christ in our fasting, Christ in our reaching, Christ in our burning, Christ in our advancing. Jesus must be the reason. Jesus must be what it's all about. And if I were to look, 
around this room tonight, I, I would see that many of you get that. Many of you, that's where you're at. Our community is where you're at. How many, I know I never saw, how many for the first time you've never been to Resurgence before? This is your first time. Just show a hand. This is awesome. Well, we welcome you. So blessed to have you. And uh, it's awesome to have you here. And, but many of you get that. We've been journeying there. But I, I feel like God wants us to make that our plumb line, to, to always remember, to never lose sight of, of that He is our center. And uh, back at the resurgence extended in June, uh, we had a speaker, Havla, and it was on the Saturday night, and for those of you there remember, there was something significant that really broke. I believe it broke in our community. There was a breakthrough. There was a moment. There was something that happened that night. And, and, and I want to make sure that we, we, we look back to that and go, God, you're doing something new. We all felt it. I don't want to go back. But seriously, I, I look at what God has done in this year. It's amazing. And last year, last September 20th, we were actually in this church meeting as resurgence. And I shared a message about faith and about stepping out and how God had called me to step out in my season. And, you know, um, how the faith is this crazy leap. And tonight I feel like we're, you know, we're always called to the crazy. And I stepped out last year, but I feel like God is birthing a community that's going to leap out. A community that's called. Every one of you are called in what God's called you to do, the dream He's put on your heart to take a step, to take a leap, to jump into it. That there's something as a community that we're stepping into. It's a leap with the community. We're doing this initiative, we're doing this thing, we're doing it. Because why? Because we feel like there's something together. That when we, we come together, God's going to do something. You know, everything that's planned, everything that our lead team has prayerfully set vision, every volunteer, everything that we're doing right now is about an undeniable move of God. I want an undeniable move of God. I read about the moves of God. I, I read about the encounters. I read people in the scripture who experience revival and moves of God. But I, I read about people in, in, in our country, in the States, that where God came into a room in a tangible way and they were forever changed, where there was encounters. I read about, you know, we've talked about, I read about stadiums being, arenas being filled, fields accepting Christ by the millions. I've read the stories, watched the pictures and watched the videos, but it doesn't satisfy something where I feel like God is saying, I want to do that. I, I just feel that passion inside of me tonight to share with you that God wants to do that again in our nation. God wants to do it. Resurgence means rising again, but it's rising again at a higher water level. It's rising again at a higher level. And I, I believe God is getting ready to do something uh, that we don't even understand, the, the bigness and the greatness. I'm just not satisfied with normal. I'm not content with the status quo, with a warm fuzzy to come in, but I want to see our city changed. Edmonton needs to be changed. Edmonton is booming right now at an unprecedented rate. I don't think it's an accident. I believe God is getting ready to do something big in our city. I believe economically, I believe positionally, but I also believe spiritually. There is something happening in Edmonton. There is something going to happen in our province. There's something going to happen in our nation. God's getting ready to move in a big way. And I think, I think to say this tonight, I know to say this tonight, that we're a part of that. That it's not something that's going to happen over there, and it's, but it's like we're a part of that move of God. I don't really know what it looks like. That's being transparent with you. I, I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to lead resurgence to what God wants to do. I really don't. But I know this scripture. I know that the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory rests with the Lord. Proverbs 21, 31. And I feel like our job as a movement is to prepare each other for that day. But God's going to move. And God is going to move. You know, uh, someone in our community at the advance last year, Heidi, she says, you know, the army is getting ready and is being trained. And I really believe that, you know, um, this community nights, if, if, you, if you've heard Diana talk about it, would, would you consider being a part of this? I'm excited. Something powerful is going to happen as we come together. You know, we connect with God, but we connect with each other. And so check it out. That's just something, something that is really amazing about that. But you know what? Six years ago, last fall, or six years ago, in a fall, this fall, that resurgence was birth. And yet, I'm hungrier more than ever. 
Are you hungry for his presence? You know, we sang the song, we are hungry. But there's got to be such a hunger, such, a, such an atmosphere where it's like, God, I want more. I'm going to read tonight in Isaiah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 6. See, there's something about an encounter that changes everything. There's something about an encounter with Jesus that changes everything. I believe tonight, like I said, God wants to encounter every person tonight. I'm going to share a few stories, and then, and then we're just going to wait on His presence and ask God to move. And, and that's the heart of tonight. Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above them were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one each other, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory." At the sound of their voices, of the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. "Woe to me!" I cried. "I'm ruined." For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away from you, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. And, and it goes on, but that's what we're going to read tonight. So here we have this story of Isaiah. Isaiah, um, you know, it was, the, it was the year that King Uzzah, Uzziah died. And... You know, it's a sad, it's a loss. It, they mention it because he had died. There's, there's something, a loss there. And it, it's the single most important day of Isaiah's life. And he's returning from a funeral. I mean, the, the country's in mourning. There's mourning that's happening. You know, it's a funeral. Somebody has died. But it's sometimes that brokenness that God uses to prepare a heart to be used. And in that time where he, he thought things would be different, there was, there was disappointment, there was discouragement, all of that. God came and he encountered God. He goes into the temple just like every other day. There was nothing different. But that day something was different. I mean nothing was different, but everything was different. In the sense that God came into the room. And there's something when God shows up in his glory. And it says here, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Isaiah said, I'm ruined. And then this live coal, I mean, this from the altar touches his tongue. Like it's just, you know, perhaps Isaiah spent 30 seconds in the presence of the king. Might have been just 30 seconds. Might have been a minute. Might have been a minute 50. Um, whatever it was. His life, his ministry, everything he knew after that encounter was radically transformed. See, his theme changed. Uh, theologians and, and people say, he prophesied, he spoke of the things of God, but he spoke of the things of God before Isaiah 6. He spoke it a different way than when he spoke it after Isaiah 6. There was something different about him. John says, Isaiah saw his glory and spoke of him. He had seen and heard for himself. See, he no longer prophesied of a thing he hoped that might pass. He thought, talked of a thing he saw. He talked about God's glory. He talked about what he had seen. He had an encounter that changed his whole perspective. Isaiah goes on into chapter 9, and he goes on to prophesy and, and to speak. But in chapter 9, he, he becomes known as the Messiah prophet. He actually prophesies that Jesus is going to come. And he talks about this, he says, in verse 2, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. And then he goes on to say, um, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He'll reign on David's throne. And he, and he prophesies the coming of Jesus. He had an encounter. He had an encounter. He was ruined by it. 
When we have an encounter with God, it changes everything. When we have an encounter with the face-to-face, you know, he saw the Lord. (laughs) That was a mic. Um, And he saw the Lord. And there was this encounter. You know, have you ever been in pitch black darkness? Like pitch black. Like, Like you cannot see your hand in front of your face. I remember a few times being in um, different countries where the power would go off. Um, uh, one time in Africa, power went off, and, and you just see beautiful people smiling back at you with white teeth, but you don't see the person. And um, you don't see yourself. You, it's just pitch black when the power goes off. And, 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 you know, there's something about darkness. You know, there was researchers, actually some Canadians, went into a room and they went in for 48 hours of darkness, pitch black. And they wanted to see what would happen. So they, they gave them meals, but they turned like all the light. It was pitch black for 48 hours. And it, it's fascinating what happens. These people were on the verge of, they went paranoia after 25 hours. The guy started saying, well, I kept thinking, well, maybe this isn't a study. Maybe they're locking me in here forever. And after like the 40 hours, he totally thought that it was a total hoax and this would be the rest of his life. Like his mind started to question everything, why he was there. Maybe he's being punished. Like all this crazy stuff happened. And they researched it. And they were saying that, that in darkness, stuff happens, it disorients you. He didn't know what time of day it was. Even though he was eating, he didn't know where he was, he didn't know where he was going, he couldn't even see himself. And in 1914, um, Tim Keller tells the story of a British explorer. And his name is Ernest Shackleton, and he took his crew to Antarctica. And he took this ship called the Endurance. And uh, the ship, the, the goal of the whole project was to go to Antarctica, and then they were going to walk across and basically get to the South Pole. And, um, but what happened is endurance didn't endure very well. And endurance got stuck in the polar ice cap. And the polar ice cap actually crushed the boat endurance. And so these explorers in 1914, you know, without their Gore-Tex and all their stuff that they would have had today, Mountain Equipment Co-op, but the crew had to fight for months. And they actually ended up surviving. And they asked, in one of the biographies, Shackleton says, he said, of all the things, the frigid temperatures, the animals, wolves, like all the stuff that they, not having food, just everything that happened. The biggest thing that he said was the toughest part of it all, by far, was the darkness. And he says, the sun went down from mid-May to mid-July. And it was dark. You couldn't see yourself. You couldn't see someone else. It's desolation to be in darkness like that. In a deep darkness, you can't see forward. You can't see where you're going. You have no direction and you can't see yourself. You don't know who you look like and you might as well not have an identity. You cannot tell someone around you. You feel isolated. You feel alone and disoriented. See, the Bible says that spiritual darkness does the same. And... You know, the Bible sometimes refers to as, you know, uh, God as the sun. The sun for earth provides biological life. It, it, it gives life to earth. It is uh, something that the earth orbits around the sun every 365 days. I don't know how many maybe didn't know that. <laughs> but we orbit around the sun every 365 days. And we are in this orbit. The, the earth is locked in the orbit around the sun. The sun is the center. The Bible says, you know, that God is the source of truth and life. If you orbit around God, then your life and truth and purpose will be found. But if you turn away from God and you orbit around something else, your career, a relationship, money, family, a source of, and keep that as a source of hope, a source of of warmth. The result is spiritual darkness. You're turning away from truth toward darkness. See, when we're in darkness, you're actually profoundly disoriented. If anything but God is more important to you, then you have a direction problem. It's impossible to discern where you're going when He isn't your center. Because your compass, your your whole center, your whole frame of reference is off. 
See, career, money, love, for a period may feel like you have something to live for. But the reality is it doesn't produce its own light. And if you center our lives on that, if we put our life on that, anything other than God, we lose, we suffer a loss of identity, really. Your identity will be fragile and insecure because it's based on things that, that um, center your life on. It's based on human approval. It's based on how you perform. In the darkness, you can't see yourself and you won't know who you are. It isolates one. You get wrapped up from living for these things and so you're always scared, afraid, proud, shame-driven, self-pity. It isolates you. And I'll explain it this way. You know, as an example, I want to lead resurgence and be a good leader and a good preacher. But if becoming that becomes the goal, if it becomes the hope, if it becomes my significance, if my security is more important in, in that than it is important in God's love, in, in, in knowing God in my life and having God as my center, if, if that is then, when I face criticism, which I will, when I face discouragement, which we all do, it will define me. If my orbit is around this, then I'll self-destruct. There's no way I can, I can live life. Also, you know, if a couple loves each other more than God, they'll self-destruct because neither can take each other's displeasure or other's failure. Tonight, what do you orbit? What do you orbit? What do you orbit? We're all on a path of death. And it says that, the Bible says that Jesus came and, and changed that trajectory of death that we can now orbit Him. We can come because He sent the Son, Jesus, to die. And that He made a way. See, Jesus' death on the cross made it possible. He made a way to change that trajectory, that, that purpose where we were going. He fell into darkness, so we never would have to. An encounter with Him changes everything. An encounter with Him, it impacts our identity. It, it, but we must orbit Him. We must orbit Him. And there's something that when, when something is going through space, it can actually, a satellite, they, they put it into orbit around Earth. So something can, can put around orbit around something, and it can change its angle. They say that if you start off in one angle of a plane, and if you're off by one degree, you'll end up somewhere way different years down, because, or hours away, because just that angle will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's important to know what angle, what, what, where, where our lives are going. See, when we center Jesus, we become who God's called us to be. It's not about doing, but it's about being, being sons and daughters. We're His. There's a, there's a call to be a son and daughter, to be secure in that. That's one of the things we're going to be talking about in our community nights, about identity and knowing our sonship, our, our daughter, knowing who we are in Christ. Because it's, when it's firm, when it's secure, everything is possible. When you know who you are, when you know who your God is, you can do everything. But so many times we try to do everything and we don't know who we are and we're so lost. And then, and then we get lost trying to do what we do. We don't know who we are. We're just in the middle of this place. We get sidetracked. We maybe orbit something else. Another scripture I want to read is Mark 15. Mark 15, starting at verse 35. If you have your Bibles, we'll just turn there. Some of the bystanders who heard him said, Listen, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran off, soaked a sponge in sour wine, put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink, saying, Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. But Jesus, with a loud cry, gave his last breath. At that moment, the temple curtain ripped right down the middle. When the Roman captain, standing guard in front of him, saw that, he quit. He had quit breathing. He said, this has to be the Son of God. See, the curtain of the temple separated the Shekinah glory. And the Shekinah glory was where God was. It was, it was this separation. It was a separation between where God would be and the people were. 
And this, 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 this veil was there. It was actually a pretty thick wall. Like it wasn't like a little flimsy sheet. It was like a wall. And it, and it basically showed the curtain was thick and it said, you know, if you have sin in your life, you can't come in. Because the priests would even go into this place and if they had sin, they would die instantly. Because God was there. The presence is there. That's where his presence was. But when Jesus died on the cross, the barrier was torn. He paid the ultimate sacrifice to, to, to link the two that, that people may experience his presence. See, anybody who believes can now go in and have an encounter, can, can meet with God, can, can, can meet with his presence. And here in this story is this guard. He's seen so many people die. He's a Roman soldier. I mean, that's what he does. He's hardened, he's brutal, he, he has a probably calloused heart. He doesn't care what people think. He, it's his job. It's what he does. And here he has an undeniable encounter with Jesus. He called him the Son of God. And for him to do that, on the, on the coins of that day, it said um, Caesar, it said Augustus Caesar, and Augustus was considered the God. So Caesar was actually the Son of God, they, they said. And so for him to say that Jesus was the Son of God was against everything that, that his culture, that for him to basically attribute God in that way, he had a revelation, he had an encounter. See, the disciples would never, would never even call them that at that point. They called him Christ. But they, they were so trying to figure out what's going on. They, they, had, they, had, they had lived with him. They, they, but they're like, what's going on? Peter's denied it. You know, it's just Judas is gone. Like, it's just stuff is going on. And here this soldier has this encounter. This was, this was the darkest man you can imagine. And he was able to have an encounter and confess that Jesus was the Son of God. The religious leaders with deepest wisdom rejected him. They were trying to figure it all out. But this person, this soldier, who had just put Jesus to death, said, surely you are the Son of God. Why I believe he saw that is because he saw Jesus vulnerable. He saw brokenness. He watched a lot of other people die, but there was something different about Jesus' death. And it was his darkness was flooded with light. That when Jesus died, there was this brokenness. And I, that's why I think it's so important that, you know, sometimes in, in community, and as a community, you know, about vulnerability and transparency. Jesus showed, Jesus was, I mean, they, they had this experience together. Here Jesus was at his most vulnerable moment. There's blood pouring out of his body in every, like, I mean, it's just, he's basically naked on this cross. He's having this, and this guy watched it. And he had an encounter with him. See, an encounter with Jesus, encounter with God changes everything. What can stop us from orbiting him? We all need connection. And we're all made for connection to him and to each other. Shame can stop it. Guilt can stop it. When we stop loving, we can get over-focused on what we did. You know, we messed up. We sinned. We fell short. It's right to do that. It's right to come to repentance to God. But sometimes it can be more about us than about him. God is greater. God is the one that we're coming to. Let's not make sin bigger than Him. Sometimes we let sin bigger than Him and it stops us from communing, experiencing Him because we're like, oh, you don't know the stuff that, that, that I've dealt with and the stuff that I've gone through. It's not about you. It's about Him. It's about His presence. You know, we can become nar narcissistic, pride-rooted if we aren't careful. Do we focus more on Him or more than on us? Let's focus on what, not what we did bad, but how good he's done in us. He's good. You know, Brene Brown, a, a researcher, says, shame is a focus on self. Guilt is a focus on behavior. Shame says, I'm bad. Guilt says, I did something bad. Shame says, you're not good enough. Shame fights to label your identity when our orbit isn't him. If we aren't secure in Him, it becomes our identity. 
If we really believe in the goodness of God and have a revelation of His love, then we'll get past our shame, our fear, our guilt. See, the old saying is to live with, you know, your cup half empty or half full, you know, are you an optimist or a pessimist? And um, fear can make you trust, but also make you do things because of fear of rejection. You know, like sometimes people say, hey, I, I need to, I need, I'm fear of stepping out. But also sometimes we can step out into things that we're not supposed to step into, in, in relationship, whatever it is, because we're fear. We're fear of being alone. We're fear of, there, there's fear that drives us into things too. And God wants to rid us of that. God is good. There's something that when we encounter God and His goodness, He is good. And I believe that God wants us to see a perspective. In my life, I've just really, in this summer, I felt like God has been teaching me about His goodness. Psalm 27, 13 says, what, what would you become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? See, the more we know God's goodness, the more we trust Him. The more we trust Him, it's easier for us to put our, our lives into His hands. And only by placing our lives into His hands and, and understanding His goodness, His love, His mercy, can we really orbit Him. See, our identity, our purpose, our fulfillment, our refreshing, our resurging, whatever, has to be about orbiting Him, but it's because of His goodness. Luke 12, 32 says, For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God is good. God is a good God. And Karis, if you could come and, and, and play as we close. But um, this summer I was um, uh, at, at a conference down in the States, and... and um, and so I was at this conference, and, and I, I just really felt like God was revealing His goodness to me. And, and I've seen God in many facets of my life, and, and, and you know, I was reminded, uh, Eric Johnson was talking about, the speaker was talking about how, you know, when um, the angels, we talked about, they go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they worship forever, and someday we'll worship. And, and he said, you know, what he was saying is, his take on that was, is that every time the angel bows down and says, holy, 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 he's basically saying, every time he's seeing a new facet of God, he's seeing something new, he's being revealed, the angel is seeing God's goodness, God's mercy, God's love, God's whatever it is, every time, it's like that, the oh my God, every time, oh my God, you're amazing, holy, holy, you know, like every time, God is so good, God is so wonderful. And so I heard that. I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about His goodness, about, about how He is so good. And sometimes um, I, I've had experiences with God where I've known Him in some ways and, 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 and false ways where I've thought how God works. And at times I've thought, you know, if, if I'm having a good day or God's done something great, it's because something bad may be coming. And that's not right thinking. But how do you know we just pick up those things? We pick up some mindsets. We pick up, that's what the Bible says, to transform your mind, renewing your mind. But we pick up some things. And I just, I believe that. I believe that kind of lie. And so I would have a great day and I'd be like, oh, I know why I'm having a good day. Something bad's going to happen, you know? Something bad's going to happen in my life. And for, for a while, a few times that theory worked. But I just, I, I realized that that's a wrong mindset. I'm looking, I need to look at God's goodness not looking for every bad thing to happen, to not look for every sin, but to, to cling to His goodness. Because when we connect with, with the goodness of God, when we want God more than anything else, sin is important, don't get me wrong. If you have sin, you need to get right with God. But let's not make sin more important than God. Because what happens is we say, okay, well, I got sin. And it's like, okay, God, you are so great. When we really have an encounter with Jesus, when we have an encounter with God, it'll be about our connection with Him and everything that gets in the way we won't want to do. It'll be about Him, not about us trying to figure out what we're doing. There's something that God's revealing to us tonight about that. And this spreads to the people around us. Do you see the goodness of God in the people around you every day? Could you see how you could love people? See, love people that don't think like us, don't look like us, and don't behave like us. Because love looks like something. 
Jesus, the people that had an encounter with Jesus, they lived different. They had a love. They had something that was different. See, people don't need to know what they do bad, but they need to know what goodness and, and love look like. And we carry that. We carry the kingdom of God. He's good. Someone challenged me, you know, reading all the news and all these terrorist groups and persecution of Christians and heard a speaker and he said, um, you know, we, we, we're kind of praying that they would be wiped out, all these people that are, you know, killing Christians are terrible and all this stuff. But he's like, are you praying that God would come and they would see his love, that they would reveal himself to them? Are you praying for that? Because he loves them. And we look back in scripture, you know, Saul became Paul on a road. Saul killed Christians. Saul was a member of ISIS of that day. Really, he was. And he became one of the greatest agents for change. God, would you move on ISIS? God, would your love come right now? God, I don't, I don't hate those people. I want your goodness to come through them. I want them to know you. See, there's something when we see God in a different way. It's a perspective change. It's peace in the storm. It's hope in the hopelessness. It's, it's the goodness of God when everything looks bad. And it's not just positive thinking. It's a God that's bigger than everything. People want an encounter with Him. They don't want a theological argument. I've never been able to win someone to Christ over some theological debate. But an encounter with Jesus can change everything. When I was in high school, I had an experience with God. I knew that God was real. I actually remember this song, We Are Hungry, We Are Hungry. At Sunnyside Camp, I remember in the room, conference room 300, at the top of that room, we were singing this song, and I felt the presence of God come. And there was something, when you have an encounter with God, everything changes. You can know all about God. You can read this book forever. But when you have an encounter with God, it comes alive. When you have an encounter with God, these words make sense. When Jesus comes into the room, everything changes. St. Patrick said this prayer. He said, I arise today to the strength of heaven, the light of the sun, the splendor of fire, speed of lightning, swiftness of the wind, depth of the sea, stability of the earth, firmness of the rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me afar and near, alone or in multitude. Christ shield me today against wounding, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ beneath me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ before me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, when I lie down, Christ, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in the eye that sees me, Christ in the ear that hears me. I arise today through the mighty strength of the Lord of creation. You know, breakthroughs are not always obvious. And they do not always begin at the point of discovery. And, you know, I felt to share this that, you know, they may start further back than we can imagine. And some of you tonight are, are praying for a breakthrough or are believing God for something significant. And I want to encourage you tonight because I believe that, you know, Daniel, he fasted and he prayed. And he was mourning, it says, for three weeks. I mean, we're going to enter fasting and praying. And, and at the end of the time, he received a visitation of an angel. And that angel spoke to him, it says in Daniel chapter 10, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. I've come because of your words. See, Daniel was not aware of his breakthrough or its point of origin until he was aware of it, the breakthrough. And I feel like 
God wants to break through in, in many people here tonight. As we were preparing, I, I feel like uh, some of you need, you, you've come out of the summer. And a summer is supposed to be a time of rest and relaxation. But you don't feel very rested in your spirit and you don't feel very relaxed. And I believe God wants to break through. The refresher, the restorer, the renewer is here. There's some things that you've been carrying. There's things, there's people here, you've, you just feel dead. You're like, I don't even know what you're talking. I don't even know when they count. I, I don't even know why I'm here. And God wants to revive you. God wants to refresh you. There's something, you know, David, he saw a picture of like the, the paddles of fibrillation tonight where people that like, you just feel like your spirit's quenched. You're just done. You're just, you got nothing. God wants to just, ah, just make it come alive tonight. An encounter with Jesus will change everything. There's weight that's going to come off you. Some of you are carrying burdens here that, that you're not supposed to be carrying. And God wants to drop that off of you. And there's a freedom, there's a goodness, because He wants you to know His goodness, His mercy, His love. Why don't we just close our eyes and bow our heads in this place? If you're here tonight and uh, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we, we do this at every resurgence. So just... Um, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's the most important decision you can make in your entire life. Maybe you once knew him. Maybe you, whatever, you would just say, you know what? I don't know him. Tonight, he wants to know you. <laughs> that you would know him tonight. That you would have a relationship with him. So if that's you tonight, and you just like, I need Jesus to come into my heart tonight. We... Just a few resurgences ago, a guy gave his heart, totally changed his life. He's a part of this community now. So if that's you, and you're just like, yep, I need to make that step, would you just raise your hand? It's all across this place. We'll just, yeah. Yeah. In a minute, I believe God wants to uh, speak to us just about um, orbiting. What are we orbiting? What are you orbiting tonight? But, um, hey, Ty, I just, I want to, I just feel like the Lord saying tonight that there is a, you're stepping into a new season. It's a new territory. Jen had a word when we were up in Fort St. John about a new territory. And I believe you're into a new territory. And I believe that it's time. And God is going to provide you the strength. And I just pray right now, in Jesus' name, that this is the season. You're an evangelist. You're called to reach people. You're called to go where no one loves people. But you're going to love them with the love and the power of God. And I just pray right now for a release of it. We break off fear. We break off where fear has held things, where fear has crippled you, where fear has kept you back from stepping into all that God has called you. I break off everything of the enemy. I thank you that it is your season. I thank you it is your time. I thank you that God you're already doing stuff, but God we pray for the full release. We pray for breakthrough over the dreams that you put in his heart years ago that have been dusty and have been dormant and have been sitting there. God I thank you that you're grabbing him by the hand in Jesus' name and you're taking him on this journey and him and Krista are going into a new territory, a new season and I, I don't say like new place, I'm just saying like new territory in the spirit and, and it could be wherever. You're going to go to new places and is you're going to go abroad but also here and among and in to some, I just, you have a heart for young kids that are not living right and I just feel you're going you're gonna to go there and you're going to be able to share your story and your story is going to bring freedom through Jesus into their life. So God, we release that. We release tie into His destiny. God, I thank You that this is a launching. This is a launching season for everything. And God, I pray for the wisdom. I pray for discernment. I pray that He would just know exactly what You're calling Him and how and what and where. Yeah, thank You, Lord. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus.
you that your presence is here. Yeah, Jesus. So tonight as I shared about I shared about orbiting and what is the center tonight? What is the center? What is the what is the thing that you're orbiting? And you know, we can be Christians and we can have set out on the right course and but there's things even as I prepared this message that I had to ask myself. I had to ask my heart at times, can I get off course a little bit? Right intentions, right, but is there things that I can set my eyes on that, on the other lane, on the other thing? What am I called to do, Jesus? I'm called to look into your eyes. And I feel tonight, in a, in a minute, we're just going to invite Jesus to come and encounter every person. I really feel he wants to do that. There's just, you can feel the presence of God is here. But before we do that, I feel like there's something where we have to get our orbits right. And there's a surrender part. And I want you to think of everything that you may be orbiting, that, that God would even bring to your mind right now, that's just not Him. That's not what He wants you to be centered around. So just think of whatever that is. And in a moment, I just, if, if you say, yeah, you know what, I need to, I need to change some things. I, I, I need to surrender that. I'm putting my identity, my security, on trust on a, a thing that's not giving me light, that's, that's darkness, that, that it's spiritual darkness, it's, it's hopelessness, my compass is totally out. If that's you, if you're like, yep, I need to come back to Him in that way and just realign myself, recalibrate myself with Him, then I just want you to think of those things that, that have distracted you and to lay them down on your heart, and as you do that, to just stand up. No one looking around, just stand up. Just say, this is God, I'm, I'm surrendering it. I'm surrendering it. So just do that and then stand when you're just ready. So if you're not standing and you're like, yeah, that's me, then then just stand up and I'm going to pray. So Lord, I thank you tonight that you're here. Your presence is in this place. And God, you are speaking to us tonight. That we would orbit our lives around you, that you are the center And so tonight, we just break off every distraction, everything that we put our security, our identity, our purpose, our love in, or whatever in, that's just not centered around you. We surrender it to you. Our ambitions, our dreams, our our pursuits that are amazing, but God, that everything we do would be so centered around you. Jesus, you are the reason. Jesus, you are the purpose. Jesus, you are everything. Jesus, we, we, we put you as number one in our lives tonight. Father, I pray every person standing, God, every person that right now there would be a breaking off of things that have, have, have been their center, have been their identity, have been whatever it has been. And I thank you for a recalibrating of our hearts tonight, a recalibrating of our minds tonight, that our angle and degree and the trajectory of what you're doing would align tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We want you 
Why don't we all stand across this place? We want you. We desperately need yeah. you, God. Yeah. Come and consume, God. I'm just gonna. We we're gonna pray, and I just feel like. We want you. We're just gonna invite Jesus we to come and encounter every person in an undeniable oh. way. I, I want Him more. I'm hungry for Him. We want you. I'm hungry for his presence. I'm hungry for a touch of him because one touch, you know, Isaiah, the glory filled. He was ruined. There's something when the presence of God comes, we're ruined. I mean, everything was the same for Isaiah. He left that temple. He went to the temple on the same day. Everything was the same, but everything was different. In a sense, everything was the same. He was just Isaiah, but everything was different because he had an encounter with God that changed it all. So God, tonight, we're asking for an undeniable encounter with you. More than words, more than feelings, more than warm fuzzies, more than whatever it is, God. We want to encounter the fullness of your Holy Spirit. We want to encounter that we leave this place never the same again. That we leave this place so transformed. Father, for every person in here that, that even feels like, like they, they just they, they need refreshing. They, they feel tired and they feel like rest. We pray right now for the supernatural resurging, the, the refreshing of the Lord. That every burden that is being carried, that, that God, you are the carrier of our burdens. So we give everything, every, every sickness, every disease, everything that's in this place that we're carrying and we're not supposed to be carrying, we give it to you and to your cross because you are the center. You are the healer. You are the provider. You are the one. There's someone here tonight that you need a financial breakthrough. God wants to remind you He's your provider. There's someone you have, a, like it's a big bill payment. There's something, even many people don't know about it, but I feel like God's saying He's your provider tonight. There's some people that you've been part of even resurgence for a long time, and I feel like God is reviving something, and you're going to realize why you're a part of this, because there's something deep in your heart and your dream that connects there's something that God is going to birth in this season. I see it. There's something being revealed tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We love you. We are hungry for you. So what we're going to do tonight is, you know, there's, there's nachos and community, but I want to encourage you, don't miss. I love food. I love to eat food. And, but don't miss encountering God. He's here. We're going to open up the altars. And if you would want, if you're like, I want more of God tonight, I want to encounter him. I want to, we're going to open. I would, I would love to see every single person. There's no pressure. You can leave if you want to, but there's a lot of room up here. Come and encounter God. Come and spend time with God. It's not about anyone else. It's about you and God. So the altars are open. Would you come?